This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back. We're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode one. Steve represented the best in all of us. Courageous, righteous, hopeful. And he mastered posing stoically. <laughs> the world has been forever changed. A few months ago, Billions of people reappeared after five years away, sending the world into turmoil. We need new heroes. Ones suited for the times we're in. Symbols are nothing without the women and men that give them meaning. And this thing... I don't know if there's ever been a greater symbol. But it's more about the man who propped it up. And he's gone. So today we honor Steve's legacy, but also we look to the future. Thank you, Captain America. But this belongs to you. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the brand new series on Disney+. We're here talking about episode one. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out this trio while we talk about a duo, I am Chris. That was pretty good, Chris. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was, I, that was on the spot. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, back talking about Marvel. I uh, know. Once again, yeah. After only, like, what, one week? Yeah. yeah. Hooray! We, we did do our wrap-up podcast on uh, on WandaVision last week after the show finished two weeks ago. So, uh, so yeah, not not too long since we talked about Marvel. Thing- we, ha- we have also talked about uh, DC, though. We have talked about Pennyworth for the that last couple true, of weeks, That is true. That is true. But yeah. the problem is I've still got the WandaVision theme tune in my head, so I keep going, Falcon Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> when will the bromance happen? Uh, that yeah. is the question. Yeah, or absolutely. will it just be in my own head? Hex reality. I kind of have, it was Bucky all along going on in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, based on this episode, it was. (laughs) It really was. Killing everyone in his way. Absolutely. As you can probably tell, this is going to be a spoiler-filled discussion about this episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. If you haven't joined us before, uh, we go into full detailed spoilers about the episode. So make sure you watch it before you come back and join us for our in-depth discussion about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, if you're coming to TV Podcast Industries for, for the first time, we have been podcasting for about six years now. A lot of Marvel, a lot of DC, lots of comic book TV. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy our coverage of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet though uh, make sure you pop on over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com subscribe over there or just look for us under tv podcast industries yeah we're also over on facebook you can join our facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tv podcast industries 
We will be putting a spoiler post up on our Facebook group where we can discuss each episode on a weekly basis. Uh, so you can put, posit your theories, comments, thoughts on anything to do with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we will read those back in our feedback section. Yep. Very lucky this week that we're getting to podcast about Falcon and the Winter Soldier before it's been released to the world. But that does mean we don't have any feedback for this episode. So get your thoughts in on episode one and episode two. We normally record on Saturdays, the day after the episode airs on Disney Plus, and we'll talk about all of your feedback as the season goes on. Yes, thank you so much for supporting us, for those who have followed us for the years that we have been jamming out the airwaves, or jamming the airwaves with our own uh, dulcet tones. But you can also support us on, over on patreon.com slash Industries for just a dollar can help keep the lights on, the hamsters in the wheel, and our podcast producer, <laughs> Derek Extraordinaire, in caffeine because he does do a very fast turnaround because typically we record on a Saturday morning and you will get the show on a Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's that fast. We try hard. We try hard. I'm definitely changing my name to Derek Extraordinaire. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a porn name, but it it could be like the Winter Soldier. It's your code name. It's kind of like the character of Unique (laughs) in this show, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Absurd. It's uh, Derek Extraordinaire (laughs) with an X for (laughs) X-Men. Well, without further ado, let's get into our discussion about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No point in holding awfully longer. We've been looking forward to this one for a very long time. Uh, The episode was written by Malcolm Spellman, uh, the showrunner or executive producer for the show. Uh, He was a producer and writer on the TV show Empire, but this is his first foray into the marvel shows excellent stuff mm-hmm. a newbie exactly yeah. yeah yeah but very talented very experienced yeah, so, absolutely uh, uh, you can certainly tell that from uh, from the episode uh, the episode was directed by carrie scalgland and um, she has been directing tv for since 1994 uh, and has directed some of uh, some of my favorite shows and some of our favorite shows including handmaid's tale and the walking dead we've spoken about her twice before on our podcast uh, she did direct penny dreadful season two episode eight memento mori a pretty fantastic episode yeah, of, of Penny Dreadful. Pretty awesome. Oh, I remember that. And we also talked about her on a very uh, connected series to this one, In A Way. Uh, she did direct Season 1, Episode 4, Resupply of Punisher, Season 1. So, um, yeah, there is a bit of a connection because uh, Punisher did use a lot of bullets uh, in that first season. <laughs> yes. Uh, and there's definitely some big action sequences in this show. So, uh, moving over from the Netflix Marvel Universe, let's say, uh, for this director, Carrie Scotland, uh, over into Marvel Disney, which is pretty cool. Yeah, great stuff, and nice to have a former Marvel Netflix director uh, on board, yeah, in Disney+. Plus. Well, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Sure. As the world tries to come to terms and deal with the aftermath of the blip and the return of billions after five years, so too does Sam Wilson and James Buchanan Barnes. Sam struggles with the ownership of Captain America's shield, passed to him by Steve Rogers, It simply feels like it belongs to someone else, as he returns it to the Smithsonian Museum to put on display. While Bucky, in therapy as a condition of his pardon, struggles to lead a normal life as he is haunted by his actions as the Winter Soldier. As the Falcon, Sam continues working missions for the Air Force to combat newly emerging terrorist threats with Intel Officer Torres, while back in America he is engaged trying to save the family shrimp fishing business and help his sister Sarah. 
In New York, Bucky is trying to find some daily rhythm to his life, working through his list to make up for his past mistakes as the infamous Hydra agent Winter Soldier, as he befriends an old man named Jory, grieving for his dead son, and settles a score with Senator Atwood. Meanwhile, in Switzerland, First Lieutenant Torres infiltrates an operation by an emerging terrorist organization called the Flag Smashers, just as the US government reveals a new Captain America to bring hope to the world. Very good, John. Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> well, my first question is, guys, who's Mephisto in this show? <laughs> I reckon it is Torres. Well, I just thought we'd start off with a little bit of a joke. Uh, yeah, a very different show here in Falcon the Witcher Soldier than we got in WandaVision. Um, straight off the bat, this is really taking its cue from uh, the Winter Soldier and Civil War, the previous two movies that had... James Bucky Barnes and uh, Sam Wilson kind of together uh, in in those movies, or at least one of them fighting apart and one of them kind of fighting together. So, uh, so it's certain technics cue from that side of the MCU, uh, kind of what we expected, but that's a good thing, right? Definitely, yeah. It, it it kind of is and kind of isn't what I expected. Okay, cool. Well, we'll definitely but we'll get, get into, into that. that. Yeah. Yes. Once again, if you haven't joined us for TV Podcast Industries, the way that we cover our shows usually is with our top five points. This time, because we're talking about Falcon the Winter Soldier, it is our top five bullet points. So, bullet point <laughs> number one. Yeah, I don't need to explain why we chose that, no. do I? Uh, <laughs> uh, point number one, our bullet point number one, Falcon on a Mission. Let's kick off with where is Sam Wilson uh, post Endgame and post return from the snap. Uh, let's talk about his original, his initial mission. For me, just the reason why I wanted to kind of call this out up front is because this really is blurring the lines between the MCU and TV for me. Like I know WandaVision had some really cool special effects going on with the magic effects and that kind of stuff, but this looks exactly like a scene you would see in one of the Captain America movies or the Avenger movies, the kind of battling scenes in the sky that are going that that are shown in this i was like i want to run out to the imax and go and watch this these scenes there i thought they were absolutely fantastic this opening fight sequence with sam trying to rescue captain Vassant. it was 100%. yeah absolutely it was incredible i i kind of felt like i was lieutenant torres down on the ground with binoculars sort of whooping uh -huh. I, I was just i loved the whole sequence you know missiles helicopters explosions and um, cool stuff as well with um falcon's wings i, I really liked him using them as almost his own shield yeah, um, yeah. and to stop the bullets uh but also um i mean we've seen him in the past where he's used them to stab people the pointy That's ends right. yeah. i think he can pick <laughs> his nose with the ends as well <laughs> I so, like, see that they're show, really though. multifunctional but yeah. i loved how they they did that and just having Red Wing as well coming out doing the some of the heavy lifting for for Sam Wilson. Yeah. Um, so I really I really liked that whole uh, interplay and of course with the I guess the wingsuits I keep calling them flying squirrels. Mm -hmm. Um, the that that was just a really awesome sequence and I don't know whether it was meant to, but the the hostage Captain Vasson, I loved how I guess just doing that as a stunt man, he had to keep his head down to minimize the um I guess the drag or the wind resistance, but it looked perfect. It was like I'm just holding on. <laughs> don't drop me. Absolutely. Um and some of that aerial stuff as well were the uh flying squirrel suit man um <laughs> where they go because they're going down f f uh, face first yeah. 
um, with it, their arms and legs stretched out with that. But I like how one of them turns around mm-hmm. to fire the gun at Sam because I, I kind of didn't think you were able to do that. But um, yeah. obviously you can. So yep. that was like, it was almost Bond-esque. I was you know? thinking exactly um, the same thing. Really yeah, cool. it really felt like a Bond opening, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, for me, this mirrored uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just in the enemy. Yeah, the the oh, we we do get to see um, Bartok the Leaper. Yes, Bartok the, the, the Leaper French missionary, which is fun to see. It is. He's not French, Chris. He's Algerian. I could draw you a map. Oh, yes, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, my, myself and my globe apologize, or my my atlas, I should say. It can be a globe as well. Yeah, me yeah. <laughs> either. But I actually have both. Do you even live on this planet, Chris? No, no, no. I live on the moon. Don't tell me you're a flat earther, Chris. <laughs> no, no, I live on the moon. It's a, it's secretly a base where I watch over everything. <laughs> oh, you're a watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we have Bartok the Leaper. And this, for me, felt like the positioning of Sam as Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's the opening of... It was. It's set to mirror the opening of Winter Soldier yeah. in that this is a mission to rescue people. He is there. You see him take on like mercenaries. Yep. If we we do forget, like outside of his wings, Sam is not enhanced. Mm-hmm. No, um, he like he can fly. He has red wing, but that's about it. Yeah. Um. So we do see him take. Like, we take a few hits, he takes the punishment, uh, but at the same time, he does, he gives as hard as he gets. Yeah, yeah. he's certainly got some some massive fighting skills, like he's, he's yeah. able to use those wings. As, as John said, you know, seeing the way that they incorporate the wings into his fighting style, the one big thing that jumped out from um, from watching Captain America Winter Soldier when we did that podcast about it for our Patreons, um, the one big thing that, that jumped out about that was they really showed for the first time Captain America using his shield in a really dynamic way and incorporating it into his fighting style. And I think they've done the same here with Sam. We've seen him fight before and we've seen him use, yeah. his, use his wings before. We've seen him use Red Wing before. But in this opening scene, some of the really stylish touches where he uses the um, the engine on his on his uh, on his wings to fly somebody against a pallet and using that dynamic style that he has along with the additional abilities that these wings give him, I thought was really cool. Really yeah. good incorporation yeah. of that style. And he's pretty handy with with his old fists as well. Sure, I actually yeah. thought his fighting style was better yeah. Yeah. when in the cargo hold of the plane. It, it felt like you know that had developed from the movies, where yeah. I guess you always just really saw him, you know. With his wings out, it was mainly focused on that. So I I like seeing his sort of fighting style a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing as well with the just with the special effects, I love the close ups that they did of him. You know, because that's all special effects in the air with with the wings, but mm-hmm. like the way they're able to show him turning abruptly yes. through that canyon and the the sort of expression on his face, coupled with almost like it, he has got that G force acting yeah. against him and and the bend of the head. I thought that was really authentic. Yeah. It, it it felt really uh, really good. Absolutely, um, just because you're so up close, it feels like what they used to do with uh, with um, Tony Stark with um, yes. 
Robert Downey Jr. in the suit, that, that the camera being so up close to him, you really get the impression that he's the one actually doing everything that's there. And by using the same kind of technique, uh, you get the impression this is Sam Wilson, that you're right on board with him in these scenes. But it's they're just so dynamic. I love that they're he's jumping in and out of helicopters. They're moving the prisoner from, through multiple helicopters. Like That's such a cool yeah. way of, of using the scene and the ca- constant countdown clock of them getting towards the border um, so that this mission has to be complete within this certain, you know, three minutes, you know, effectively. Uh, it's about an eight-minute scene. The whole yes. end-to-end scene is is pretty stunning to to open up your show this way. And as I say, it really made me want to go back out to the cinema to watch it. And, yeah, very much so. This, for me, was planting the flag. Mm-hmm. So we you have to remember as well, um, for, for our listeners and um, for some people may not know this, this show was supposed to be the first Marvel MCU mm-hmm. uh, TV show on Disney+. Plus. Um, we did get WandaVision first, but that was due to COVID scheduling and some filming, and yep. that's the way it worked out. But this was supposed to be the the curtain being drawn on this new property, uh, this new version of the MCU on the, not the silver screen, the, what do we call the TV screen? The small screen. Small screen. Um, Not my Streaming. uh. Yeah. No, it's a quite, it's it's a nice big 65 inch. Uh But, uh, this for me was the, this was them planting their flag. This was, this is the quality of the shows you're going to get. Yeah. And I think that's very, as you said, like, I would have loved to see this in, like on an IMAX screen or a Mac screen or a huge multi-story projection mm-hmm. in high def. The fact that we're getting this on our little screens at home every week for the next six weeks is spectacular. Yeah. And this isn't the only action scene we get, and we'll talk a few more about them in a bit. But like, again, the production is what wowed me. And I'm like, okay, we may not get something, an eight minute scene like this, Every episode, but if we get this, what two three times uh, throughout the the series? Yeah, maybe. Um, like this is spectacular. Yeah, this is their hallway scene, if you want to call it that. Now, the hallway scene for our listeners back when we first started covering Marvel Cinematic Universe, the, not the Marvel Cinematic, the Marvel Universe, the Netflix Universe. There in Daredevil, there was a single take hallway fight scene, mm-hmm. and that was them planting their flag. And this is the action. This is the style you get the the um, the the visual effects, the yeah. choreography, and that's what we got here. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely them planting their, as you say, planting their flag to say this is the type of show you're getting without a doubt. Yeah. I think this opening excursion um, and sequence, this action sequence is, is fantastic. And it's like what you were saying about Chris, um, you know, the planting that flag and, you know, it's a callback to what happens in, in Winter Soldier. It is absolutely, but I do like that it's underscored with that opening sequence with with Sam reliving in his mind or in his head the words of Steve Rogers mm-hmm. and him battling with, I guess, what the shield means as well, that struggle with Captain America's shield. So I really like how that works in immediately to the scene. I know we're talking about that in bullet point three uh, a bit more, but I, I like how it works in into that scene. I also... Speaking of planting the flag, um, 
He's not Captain America. He's Uncle Sam. I had never <laughs> understood. I loved that with his two nephews uh, when he um, comes to, yep. to to meet his sister, um, that they call him Uncle Sam. I thought that was a pretty nice little joke. Um, and maybe he should just be called Uncle Sam. The new Captain America. I'm 100% certain that's uh, that's something from the comic books. I'm 100% yes, certain they made so. a connection between Sam Wilson and uh, and Uncle Sam, definitely. A uh, couple of quick last things about that. Yeah, I know we, we kind of mentioned Batrat the Leaper. Just really cool that they got the same actor back to do those scenes and do the fight with uh, with Sam Wilson, that a similar fight that you saw from Captain America. You mentioned, Chris, it's very similar to uh, to Winter Soldier fight, but great to see the actor coming back for this. So that's another way of showing that there's that blurred line between uh, movie and TV shows bringing back even even minor actors from uh, from these movies because that means you have no idea who to expect yep. could arrive and could appear on screen in the future, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and one last point from this uh, from this mission uh, there is a mention of a terrorist organization called LAF that seems to be what Batrock is associated with Batrock does survive at the end of this and they never give an explanation for what LAF could stand for um and they say it doesn't matter in fact <laughs> the the major who's talking to uh, talking to Sam says doesn't matter what it stands for go out there and do it that feels to be a little bit like, uh, don't look over here, look over somewhere else. Uh, we'll come back to LAF possibly in the future, but just to call it out. Yeah, exactly. And I, well, I, that's where, um, I think it's with Torres, isn't it? Who, who talks about this other organization possibly being more dangerous than LAF. Um, but yeah, let's see where LAF creeps up to and. Slit someone's throat, I guess. It's just make them back in the future. Just need to, just need to call out when they, when they give you a three letter acronym and don't explain it and say, we're not going to explain that because uh, you don't need to know. You may need to know the future. That's all. And I think the other thing here as well, just quickly as we, before we move on to bullet point two is, you know, Sam Wilson, Falcon doesn't take prisoners. Um, in, in a sense, there's yeah. a, a number of the, the guys from the LAF with Batroc, um, who, um, end up falling, um, to their, their doom in the Certain canyon death. and yes. the helicopters blowing up and yeah. so on. So I, I think it is literally only Batroc, um, that, uh, probably survives this encounter. Yeah. Um, but for sure, uh, yeah, he takes no prisoners. That's true. I remember the reactions when Captain America did that kind of kicking people off the ship in, uh, in Winter Soldier. And I remember the reactions of people going, hang on a second. Does Captain America kill people now? Uh, yeah, I think this is very much the same kind of scene for Sam Wilson here. Yeah, this is this is basically yeah. He takes no prison. If anything, it it brings him closer to he is ex U.S. Army and he mm-hmm. is yeah. very close to uh, a, a another African American who is also a superhero and a member of the Avengers, uh, who we'll talk about later. Um, but it brings it closer. Like they they take no prisoners. They kill. That is the way. The, yeah. the, He's working for the U.S. Air Force. Yeah. You know, it, it's not the Avengers. Um, that's the the thing. Yeah. Here. But even as an Avenger, as I say, it was uh, wing time where he mm-hmm. sort of uses uh, his wings to kind of slice and dice. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Batroc's not dead. He will be back. Yes, on LAF, uh, the Liberation Army Front, uh, Army Liberation Front. <laughs> Maybe uh, there we yeah. are. We were thinking because it was near Libya. It was the Libyan Air Force. Yeah, just mm, simple as yes, that. Like, is but, that all it is? <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll be back. But speaking of back, another well-known Avenger. Uh, is also back the one-armed Avenger. Uh, let's move on to bullet point number two. Uh, 
Bucky is in therapy. Mm. Um, can I take this just this quick part of this uh, and just say, oh my God, this was brilliant in all aspects yeah. of it. Um, yeah. I know most people, yes, we, we've just seen in that previous scene, we had just seen uh, Sam in all his uh, Falcon glory. Uh, we do get a, a, a flashback of um, Winter Soldier in all his Winter Soldier glory. Mm-hmm. Um, very much killing uh, Hail Hydra this is the way. Like everything is like nothing gets in his way. He 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 will uh, take no prisoners, leave no witnesses, uh, and it is all uh, yeah. yeah. Oof. It was it was pretty awesome seeing uh, the Winter Soldier back mm-hmm. in action, and certainly uh, that the return of that eerie theme, uh, his signature theme, yeah. uh, was really good, and and like. It's, it's a nightmare. It's, it's a, it's a dream back. You know, he, he wakes up, uh, on sleeping on his apartment floor. But, um, right to begin with, I was like going, Oh my goodness, what's happened to Winter Soldier? <laughs> really? And of course, I, I mean, it's obvious it's yeah. going to be a like flashback slash, uh, dream sequence, yeah. um, or nightmare sequence. Oh, it could be nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> right. I'll stop that now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, that and then coupled to his therapy session uh with with his therapist i this was just lovely and it, it was nicely c- contrasted with falcon's sort of big wham bam thing you get the wham bam thing uh with the winter soldier taking out his target but then just how it it sort of um a bit later on in the episode slides into the therapy session um i just thought this was really cool i loved the close-ups that you got of of bucky barnes and and the therapist Mm -hmm. i love it as he's running through the the three rules of reconciliation that he is doing and each one of them he is breaking as he recounts it and you get the little flashback uh, as he is going after um what the 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 female senator senator atwood and because he put her uh, in that position when he was working for hydra yeah uh, and she's still abusing that position even though as such she's not hydra and i loved all these little takes here um going between uh what he was doing um on the ground and his therapy session i just loved loved that um i mean yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. I like once again setting up Bucky Barnes as this kind of gray character, someone that works in the margins. You know, that's yeah. what he did as Winter Soldier. He's not a bad guy now. He was under mind control when he was Winter Soldier. But the three rules that he talks through, the, the rules of reconciliation, effectively, where he says, uh, rule number one is do nothing illegal. And he is. He's tapping the car, um, which is illegal to do. You can't listen in other people's conversations, no matter how much you, you might want to. Um, number two is no one gets hurt. And, and he does hurt someone in the car. He knocks out uh, the, the, the person in the car. Uh, number three, he doesn't break. Um, he says that number three is when he's making the reconciliation. His statement that he has to effectively make is that I am no longer the Winter Soldier. I am James Bucky Barnes, and you are part of my effort to make amends, as he calls the police uh, <laughs> down on uh, on Senator Atwood. So uh, what I like, as I say, what I like about it is he's working in the gray areas. He's not really breaking any rule because he wasn't caught. <laughs> he's not really well, killing yeah. anybody. So he's only hurting and knocking somebody out. So is that really but technically no a thing? One... He is. Uh, I think yeah. that's the whole point. He's breaking every rule of his reconciliation, but ultimately no one gets killed. And it's ultimately Atwood will 
probably go through a legal process. He says he 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 gave the recording yeah. to her aides, which is a lie, yeah. to bring the case. So <laughs> it, it ultimately, yeah. he's breaking every rule there, apart from probably three, and he's just doing that is so that she knows. I, I like the fact that it is. And I'm James Bookie Barnes, yeah. <laughs> and you're part of my efforts to make amends as he's trying to atone, I guess, or make amends for what he did as Winter Soldier uh, with respect to, to Atwood here yeah. Yeah. in this case, because he put her, um, in power. But I, I like as well in the therapy session that you get, you know, a, a little bit more sort of exposition about Bucky as well, that he's probably got less than 10 contacts in his phone. Mm-hmm. He's ignoring, um, Sam Wilson's, um, text messages yeah. but also um just he, he there's that moment where she says what do you want and he goes all i want is i want peace and um, he said i've it's been 90 years uh, of going from one fight to another and yeah. um, and and the whole idea that you know you're you're free and your your mind is cleared um and but having this idea of being at peace being in your own thoughts that's the worst thing for someone for who's had uh, with PTSD with that trauma from military service and um, i thought that was really interesting kind of slant on it i yeah. guess and i i think yeah he's kind of isolated himself he's delving into work um without sort of any external input and um, or or with, with, without friends by trying to make amends he, he's gone the opposite way but it's still the same he's just totally doing his his job he's not got his friendships other than with yori uh, but even that is not really it, it is a friendship i guess but it's also part of his his work yeah yeah exactly that he's doing now i guess this for me was the scene that i actually called out to derek as soon as we actually finished watching this is why i think i will enjoy this series a lot more than i originally thought i would in that the cinematography for the therapy scene the close-up the angles choice just the direction was just on point it was just so unique you could have just done a very basic like to the camera therapy kind of two shot but no, there yeah. was the choice and the angles. Uh, we learn a lot, which is we see his list of names. Zemo's on the list. Right. We see Russians, uh, three, at least three Russian names. So we know there's going to be a connection to Hydra and the Russian army, the USSR. So we know there's going to be backstory there. We see him. Yeah. He is trying to. It's not a big list. It's two pages. So it's about 20 people max. And he's scratching them off. So we see that. We see he do does still have these nightmares, but there's that humor there. Also, the therapy, the therapist or the psychologist, uh, whichever, whatever degree she is, she's ex-army. She says this herself. Yeah. So yeah. I can see that playing in somehow further down the line as well. Uh, that uh, maybe she is, does couple counseling <laughs> for these. Okay too um <laughs> Interesting. but i could definitely see it, it the the character herself or the, the actress herself is not a small a small bit player so more than likely she is going to have some further part in this but overall like this set up bucky as who bucky is Absolutely. It's a really important, efficient way of telling the backstory for people who may not have seen the movies or may not have seen them for a long time, understanding who the character is, getting that whole idea that he was in Wakanda, for example, um, 
and that was his only point of rest over the previous time. Yeah. Like, remember, he was in he was in World War Two. He got frozen, got brainwashed, and then every time he was taken out of being a popsicle, he was sent on a mission to murder yeah. someone, and then put back on ice again, over and over and over again. Many many years. He has those memories. We know that uh, from previous movies. We know that he has those memories, and now he's being told, "You're free now. Keep keep on the on the right path, and uh, and you'll be able to live a good life." But he has all of these memories coming back up. I did love the touch of him waking up from his nightmare on the floor, uh, covered by a blanket. That's uh, referenced by uh, Sam Wilson uh, when Steve first meets him in Winter Soldier. He references the fact that when you come back from war, you can't sleep in a real bed. Um, so that's a, a nice little touch that you yep. see uh, him being home on his own. So um, I'm sure this is providing the connection between how... Uh, Bucky's going to reach out to Sam as well. Um, Sam used to work in uh, in the Veterans Association, effectively used to deal with uh, former veterans who are coming back from war. So Sam's a good person to deal with uh, for Bucky. Yeah. So um, so while they do also have a friendship, Sam does have a relationship with former veterans as well. So uh, I do like those those kind of connections. But yeah, really good scene, really economical scene, and really uh, really dynamically shot scene yeah. to to show something that is really just an exposition dump of who Bucky Barnes is uh, at the start of the season. Yeah. But gentlemen, um, I think it's about time now that we've kind of been reintroduced to the two main characters. Let's uh, move forward into our bullet point number three, where we talk about Falcon going off his mission. Derek, do you want to take us away with this one? Yeah, absolutely. Just talking about uh, about Falcon at home. Sam Wilson is his real life outside of the Avengers, effectively. Um, Sam was a key member of the Avengers for a number of years. He was brought on board, was a member of the team that stayed in uh, Avengers uh, headquarters, effectively, after he finished up with uh, with um, the Air Force. Uh, we're finally we're finding out now about his his backstory, effectively, about his family, about his about his sister, his nephews. Um, Sam, another member of the of the major team of Avengers, who disappeared in the blip and came back five years later. So he talks about uh, the fact that he's come back to a completely different world than than he had before. Um, he's come back to nephews who were babies when he left, and now they're five years older. You know, and his sisters. Uh, struggling uh, now in, in Louisiana uh, with the family business that they've had for over a century, I think she says, or at least a generations uh, in the family. So, uh, so I like this. I like this connection to Sam, this real backstory of and, how, and giving him more character than we've had in the past. He's a good foil uh, in the past and a really good friend to Steve Rogers, but we never really knew anything of his past other than he was in the army, he lost a compatriot, and then he's teamed up with Steve and he's kind of always running behind Steve, I think is, was always the, the joke about him, basically. So, um, from himself, it's not, it's not, not a, not a criticism of Sam. It is that you've got a super powered Captain America and Falcon's always been running behind them effectively. But the impact that's also talked about here, John, you mentioned earlier on about Sam being left the shield by Steve, Steve Rogers and being told this is yours. Sam saying it feels unfamiliar. It doesn't feel like it's mine. But Steve's saying it's absolutely supposed to be your shield. And Sam giving it up. This is the first moment in the show we haven't seen him ever use the shield, really. Um, and he's supposed to be the one carrying on the legend of Captain America, but he's giving it straight into the Smithsonian uh, to form part of the Captain America display that's that we've seen a few times, actually, uh, in multiple films, this display of the greatest hero uh, from World War II all the way up to present day. So he's giving back this shield to say, isn't for me, this is for Steve and nobody else. No, I think this is the, the really poignant moment for me because we do see Don Cheadle. We see um, uh, Rhodey, um, War Machine is there with him. Mm-hmm. And this this is something I always do forget that the two of them are, were both these were 
at some point serving officers of the US military. Um, mm-hmm. uh, War Machine, I think, still is. Um, but yeah. we do know that Sam has now said he's doing stuff with the military. He was in the Veterans Association back in as yeah. uh, Winter Soldier when we meet him for the first time. Um, so it's interesting. And they, they obviously do have this friendship. And we get taken on this tour around the Captain America Hall of Fame. We see mm-hmm. the bike from the first first Avenger film. We see yeah. all of these things. And you get the, the the breakdown, you get the, the rationale as to why he doesn't feel yeah. comfortable having this uh, symbol yeah. or, or being the symbol. Yeah. And you see everyone nodding. Everyone is in, in that crowd. No one is going, no, 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 no. Well, now, mm. yeah. Rhodey is kind of going, are you sure? And you, like, yeah. we still think there should be. Um, yeah. But you see, he, he doesn't argue. It's a, like, they, they all kind of, agree to a point yeah i think i think with rosie it's he is not going to force sam to do it it's you know he asked why didn't you take up the mantle and sam gives him his reasons yeah um like it's interesting he says we cope for 70 years while steve was on ice so it's not as such that you need captain america yeah uh things can things can work without him I guess is what he's saying that in, to some yeah. degree. Like Rhodey's um, response to that is that times have changed though since yeah, those 70 years. No, so, exactly. So while I do feel that Rhodey's not going to push him because it's not his place to, I certainly feel that he's disappointed yes. that Sam's not going to take up the mantle. There's, there's a look that Don Cheadle does while the speech is going on where everybody else is kind of, you know, impressed with Sam Wilson's speech. He's a, he's a good orator. He's a good, a good talker. Everybody seemed to be enjoying the speech and he gives a good joke in there about, uh, about how statuesque, uh, Steve Rogers can be, but you can see Rowdy's face kind of going, he's going to say it, isn't he? He's going to say here he's not no. going to take up the shield, you know? So there is a disappointment. There is a relationship with him. There is a good friendship between the two of them, definitely, uh, over time. So I'm really glad that we have that scene, but I feel if this is the only moment that we see Rowdy, I'd be, I'd be surprised if there's not another moment later on in the series where uh, Rowdy comes back and tries to convince um, Sam to take on the mantle or at least step up because the choice here was Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers saying to Sam, I choose yeah. you to take this forward. And by Sam kind of disagreeing with that choice and, and walking away from it, it does feel like a, a little bit of a letdown. Um, I, I really wanted to see Sam take this on for a few episodes of the show and then yeah. maybe decide that he'll step away from it. Uh, kind of try it out, basically, since his best friend, Captain America, told him, uh, I believe in you, you know? Uh, I, th- I think it's an interesting choice. I, pref- it I prefer it this way. I mean, rather than it just simply... Like, I guess, you know, part of the six episodes will be this struggle and it, it that shield may come boomeranging its way back uh, to... to um, Sam and to Falcon here. But I like that it is Falcon saying it's, you know, where he says it belongs to Steve. It, it feels like it, it's for someone else. It doesn't feel right in yeah. my hands because he's Falcon and that's who he is. And I, I think it, it's interesting, but I, I guess that's what will be explored yeah. with the, yeah. the following episodes and so i think um yeah. i think that's a really nice way that it's not just not automatic no i agree, uh, he, I agree. He's, he's gotta feel it and um, just because steve says well it's yeah. you well it's not a mon you know it's not like passing the crown i guess or like he's 
he he's basically like Prince Harry. He's wanted to say yeah. no thanks. Um, <laughs> well, for not, the time being, he's not getting it for being. no reason. He's being chosen by the first Avenger as being yeah. the person to take up the mantle. Um, I just would have loved to have seen it. I'm sure we're going to see it later on in the series. Exactly. This point isn't really just about that moment because that's no. I'm sure will and come out throughout the rest I of the season. I think that was the thing with Rhodey as well is that he says as well, he, he takes it wider than just what's happening with Steve because he says the world is broken and I like that in uh, with Falcon going to see his sister then in Louisiana that you see elements of people still struggling with the blip we yeah. got that with hayward in in one division but this feels more sort of um real yeah. um when he goes to his sister you know they all of a sudden the banks have started saying well you've got no five you've not got a credit history for the last five years yes because i wasn't around um you know and you have you you see people on the streets because all of a sudden you know there's however many million or billion people have returned and things have changed and i love seeing um this through this family interaction with his sister and with the family business and uh the fishing business but even the fact that himself and sarah are uh, going to the shelters to feed the homeless people effectively all of these homeless people seem to have been caused by the blip by this return of uh, of all the missing people so um it's a much more bleak view i suppose of of the world than having uh spider-man spider-man homecoming where they had the funny gag of of the uh the band appearing in the middle of a basketball game as they as they return um they they obviously wouldn't dwell on that in uh, in spider-man in um WandaVision, we had a little bit of the darkness that's there, a little bit of the, of, of the challenges that people would have faced, but it does feel much more realistic here. This idea that there's loads of homeless people that have to be, have to be helped out. And even though Sarah's struggling herself with her business and Sam's struggling to fist back into the world, they'll still go out there and help the people of the city of, exactly. of Louisiana, which is great. Exactly. Yeah. I think what's really nice about this is that it puts both men, both Sam and Bucky, it, it it puts their struggles to fit back in after the blip and the loss of Steve Rogers into that wider context at, that everyone is dealing with the blip and with the loss of their close friends as well. And it it it, it doesn't. I, I like how it it brings that context. It, it puts them in the wider society dealing with this as well. It just happens to be their friend was Steve Rogers and, you know, they were involved with the blip and, and then get it, you know, destroying Thanos um, and his armies. And I I like that it it kind of, it it brings that wider element to, um, to those two guys, both Bucky and and Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So one division was three weeks after the return. So after the end of end game. Yes. Essentially, three weeks later. Let's say, let's just say three and a half. Give it to, to give it a couple of days for people to be a bit kind of <laughs> to give them a, a moment. It takes place over, over a week and starts yeah. three weeks after Endgame. Yeah, yeah. So the wording I got here, like they use several months, and then I heard eight months somewhere. Oh. So what we are, where, how, how far we're a several to eight months. Sam says, uh, I think the only line that I remember from the episode says, "Billions returned a few months ago." Um, so I think this is in between WandaVision and Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place, uh, on their, on their trip effectively after being in school for a while. Um, WandaVision took place within a couple of weeks and this is a few months later. So I think it's in between yeah. the two. Right. Okay. I'm just trying to get that, that, 
scope, if you will, yeah. like because that will play into things later on. Um, I think because will it, the one thing I'm really happy about, and yes, as you said, the Far From Home band joke was good for Spider Man. Yeah. Um, what I really enjoy, what I enjoyed in One Division, and what I'm enjoying so far in this one is the realism of the MCU. Yeah. Exactly. If you will, it's a, it's kind of like there is a humor. We would like if the same thing happened here, you would have the same thing. You would have some people make some jokes about it, but also you would have to look at the humanitarian crisis. Yeah. So when you see Sam and his sister giving out homeless meals, uh, giving out meals and to well, sorry, about to give out meals after the bank run, uh, it is interesting to see that. It is like to see. They, this is going to play in multiple elements of this. And I think that's what we're going to see. We hear, we like, we also hear it from, um, uh, later and one of our later points as we talk about the flag smashers. Like, the, an element of that group is the impact of the blip. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how it's going to be faceted into most elements of the story. Absolutely. Not just Winter Soldier, not just Falcon, but the, the environmental storytelling, if you will, as well. Absolutely, yeah. Like, you know, we, we kind of wonder what the overarching storyline for this phase four of Marvel is. And, and it is the impact of Endgame, the impact of this world uh, ending for a lot of people yeah. moment in, in the history of, of the Marvel universe. And now it's the repercussions of that when everything gets fixed. And I think what is most interesting about the refusal of... Uh, the bank to give this loan to Sam Wilson, who is known as Falcon, even to the guy who has the decision to make uh, to to give this loan to them, give this small business loan effectively to to these two. He still chooses to say no, even though he knows who Sam Wilson, the hero, is. Yeah. He knows he was involved in Endgame. He knows he was he was an Avenger, um, but he's still not willing to give him a loan. He knows that the family have banked there for generations and still not willing to give them a yeah. leg up. You know, this is a really harsh contracts. choice here. And something you wouldn't expect to see outside in a comic book, effectively. In the, in your standard comic book, the hero wins and they get all the plaudits. That's why everybody wants to be a superhero. In this case, it's how do you live? How do you eat? I always wondered that. How, yeah, how, I, do, how do heroes live? They don't have a job. They don't get paid is what the guy says. And Sam's kind of, you know, trying to tee him up here going, well, people usually appreciate what we do and kind of, help us yeah, he says a lot you of know? goodwill of which then the bank shows none exactly. <laughs> which yeah. it was kind of interesting i i i really like that the bank teller just sort of straight out asks that question you know how do you make a living and i mean sam is working with the u.s air force now so yeah and yeah. it's on on military con contracts um but bucky i guess um seems to not be working at the moment. Yeah, it's only um, a few months, remember, again. So, so Bucky would have had to go through his process in order to go on parole and get to the point where he is free, as he's described by the by the psychiatrist, so, uh, or by his therapist. So that there is part of that. It is Sam returning home to Louisiana as well. So there is part of this bit that they've only been out of, uh, or, or returned a few months. So there is st stuff that's going to play off. You know, 
getting a mortgage for a house, you have to have a permanent job for at least a year in order to do that. So when the bank manager says to him, you don't have any bank history for the last five years, you're kind of going, that feels exactly like the kind of bank rule that would be put in place to stop giving loans yeah. to people. It feels like that that's a real world kind of choice. And then yeah. he asks, can I have a selfie? And he's like, are you serious? Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's... But he, it, he, it should is. Have, he should have told them for that kind of exclusive selfie, a $40,000 uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. investment would be But it, it's nice that wider context of it. It kind of humanizes a bit uh, Sam's and, and with their bookies own struggles mm-hmm. in, in this area and um, but i guess speaking of bookie uh bullet point four yes he's an old age pensioner he's an <laughs> oap he's 106 years old yes. uh, and doesn't look a day over what 28 maybe a bit older than um, that. a bit older than that <laughs> something like that but uh, I, I know we're all sebastian stands here but uh, sebastian stan himself is definitely uh, over 35, I'd say. Uh, no, I, I really wanted to talk about this because we didn't really get this from Bucky. This is Captain America, Steve Rogers. This is his story, always the man at a time. Bucky is exactly the same as Captain, yeah. but Bucky has had a much harsher existence, really. He has been pulled in and out, uh, sent off on missions to kill people, and then he's now coming back into the real world, told he's free and can do whatever he wants. And his response to that is, what does that mean? I have no idea. He's been in the military since he was uh, just coming into his 20s, effectively. So um, so I did want to have a quick chat about about what's going on with Bucky. Very quick one. Before we get too deep into the, the, the why he is going on a date and all that. Um, in the MCU, we know he, he has a cybernetic arm, so that is fine. Is he Was he experimented on as well? Was his aging slowed as much with some form of serum as well? Because we do know serums were stolen uh, as per uh, the the Civil War uh, film in this MCU. There was versions of the Super Soldier Serum stolen by the Winter Soldier himself. So I'm just curious, is he... Yes, he's 106 and he was put in out of cryogenic... For free freezing and there was a big test program as well by the russians because it it shows them trying to yes. train other winter soldiers that that program i always kind of assumed that he was not just with the arm but i mean in terms of just with the strength of his other arm and how he can leap yeah. from built you know a, a lot of that is is nothing to do with his arm uh some of the acrobatics he can do so um That's- i've kind of always thought he was enhanced in some way that's not in uh, in any of the MCU story of of Bucky. Yep. Certainly, comic books have, have have different origins for him. Bucky was that character that disappeared uh, after after the uh, the World War Two comic books and and the sixties version of Cap and Bucky. He disappeared. He died, and then twenty or thirty years later, this Winter Soldier character was created with this awesome backstory that he has been. Uh, on these missions, so it's a very similar story in the comic books as in as in uh, the movies. But I don't think there's any mention as such that he is a super soldier yeah. himself. There is that, that he is an enhanced, but he certainly was experimented on, was trained to be this Winter Soldier. He certainly got the training that he got. The reason I ask is there. I recently rewatched the Winter Soldier and Civil War, specifically Civil War, and the mm. jump he makes from the building when he's being chased by uh, Cap is enhanced level. And then when you see him throughout the MCU yeah, going yeah. forward, uh, like in Wakanda, in Endgame and Infinity War, he is just a bit more... 
then peak physical human fitness. And I was trying to say, sorry, and again, this will lead into later on because yeah. just he's 106. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, no, exactly. So, and, and I think, um, I, I kind of agree. I think, I think it's not entirely known because I know the, the, the Winter Soldier program that we see in Civil War, they're using the serum that has been taken by Bucky as the Winter Soldier yes. from, uh, Howard Stark. So, like, they're being, enhanced and i kind of just assumed that there was some enhancement with him because a bit like you're saying some of the jumps he makes in winter soldier um are you know well you would break your ankle if you're not yeah (laughs) well i would yeah my knees would just shatter i guess if i jumped off a flyover but um you know they did have a character in this episode that is my absolute equivalent, uh, if, if I was faced with any of these situations, um, <laughs> where, uh, where Bucky is killing the person in these nightmares in his memory and he can't put his key into the lock that would save him <laughs> when he's trying to get away from him and he's just shaking so hard at the idea of a gun being anywhere near him. That's me. That's my yeah, equivalent well, in the Marvel universe. <laughs> I guess even if he got through the door, he wasn't going to be particularly <laughs> safe. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you should always stay for another drink. You might as well, might as well go for another drink. Yeah, but exactly speaking about that, that is part of this element of Bucky fitting into real life. This idea that he's trying to make amends with the people that he's wronged in the past as the Winter Soldier and, and trying to make amends and tell them that he is now a completely different person. This has led him to be uh, befriend uh, Yuri Nakajima, it seems. Um, it would seem that he's gone to him. He is the father of... Uh, or Jay, who's the person killed in uh, in the nightmare that he has, uh, or the memory that he has. So he's going effectively trying to apologize to his father for what he's done. Um, and it seems like either the story of uh, of Mr. Nakajima, that of how much that affected him, has kept Bucky close and made this friendship with him. Uh, it took me a while to realize that that could be the connection here. Uh, really obvious afterwards that, of course, was going to be the connection. But I felt potentially because of his age, that this may have been someone that Bucky knew back in the war. He was in a, a prisoner yeah. of war camp um, for, a, for a very long time before being captured and brought over by Hydra. Um, so I thought it might be one of the members of the Highland Commandos, potentially, or uh, or someone else that Bucky was with. So it did actually take me by surprise yeah. when uh, when we found out that this was the, the father of, of another one of uh, the murder victims of the Winter Soldier. But a, but a really good choice, I thought. A fantastic. Yeah, it was. I, yeah. I, exactly like you, we remember Age of Ultron. We got Stan Lee in that, in the Age of Ultron party scene. We got Stan Lee yeah. and the other, um, US Army kind of, uh, friends of Captain America, uh, being in that, uh, in the party with him. And that's where yeah. I took, this man to be i was like oh it's his one of his friends who he grew up with in the army and he's now it's kind of like so there's a lot of um crossover between the mcu and the ultimates universe in um the for the from the comics and in yeah. that they, the captain america himself struggles to make friends his own age and all his friends are these old old generational men from when he was in the army and yeah, when he yeah. was growing up. And that's what I, it was. So when we saw this, I was like, oh. Yeah. And they play it well. They don't play it like they, uh, they hammer it slightly in the, 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 the shrine. But again, that is more, um, the, uh, that's to make sure you know yes, what just happened. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it does feel because Bucky says to, 
um, to Yuri when he when he sees him. He says, right, let's go out to lunch like we always do. So he, he yeah. says to them they have this regular catch-up where they go to uh, Izzy's restaurant. So this is something that they do on a regular basis. So again, he's only back a couple of months after the blip. So um, it's telling you that he has an established relationship. This is not the first time he's gone out for lunch with this guy trying to apologize to him for murdering well, his son. Effectively. I, I also kind of thought it was his neighbor. As yeah. he, he as well like the um because he gets back into the apartment where uh, Yuri's flat is so yeah. I kind of wondered is is this that they're living in the same um apartment that Bucky's picked this because he wants to make amends um and I, I that's the way I got it but I I I I actually really loved the this relationship between yeah. Yuri and um and Bucky I I thought it felt really um. Just kind and intimate, um, you know, go, and, yeah. and going out, like you guys have said, I thought, or maybe it, it's someone from his past, um, that he, you know, cause he can only relate to people over 70 or whatever because of his age. Um, but, and I, I loved how it then kind of flips back with, to his, his nightmare that he has where he, he shoots his son, but also with the server in the, um, the Japanese restaurant, mm-hmm. um, Leia, um, I really, um, I like their interaction as well, where it's kind of, there's a slight disconnect, um, around the, the dating apps, you know, he just doesn't understand any of the references and, and so on. But even just. Speaking of which, I um, don't understand his reference. <laughs> no, what was he talking about with the, I don't, I don't understand this. Loads of pictures of tigers. I took the Tiger King. Oh, maybe. Yeah, There's a joke about the Tiger, Tiger King because when it was it, written, it would have been around the same time as Tiger King. Yeah, so it's would, all these it's it's all these um, people on the dating app with tigers. To yeah, okay, that's yeah. what I would took. Would you it believe, as. Chris? Tiger King was at the start of the pandemic. That's only March last oh, year. So it wouldn't be. Oh my god, 2019. So. Well, at least it started in 2019 and finished in 2020. So maybe it's a it's a late edition. But but this is the timeline of when this is supposed to be is 2024. Oh no, absolutely, I get that. But how would the writers of the, yeah. of the TV yeah, show damage. know about Tiger King? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no reference to COVID either. <laughs> Whatever about the blip. <laughs> well, where's the reference to COVID? You'll never guess while fi- while people disappeared for five years, there was also this thing called COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not been referenced. But uh, honestly, I've been watching way too many uh, action movies because there's a moment when, uh, when Bucky goes in for his date and, and Lee says to him, could we slow it down for a second? Let's play a game and then reaches onto the counter and I was expecting her to come out with a shotgun. <laughs> I really was expecting a gun to come out and her to be some kind of um, opponent for Winter Soldier. She knew who she is, who he is, and she's going to attack him. And then it turns into a date <laughs> with battles. With, I so. I was a hundred percent, but it was more. There was a, uh, a an ambulance or a police car goes past the window when he was mm-hmm. uh, literally about to go in with the flowers, and yeah. it looks like he was just about to stop as he walks in, and the you see this the siren and the lights go. Uh, on a yep. car and I was like he's going to jump through the window or someone's going to jump through the window or something's going to happen <laughs> I was like yeah. oh no okay he's just going to have a date it's uh, just a lovely little yeah. date yeah. I have to say I love this battleship game yes. because I immediately got um, flashes to 
uh, Homer Simpson and his fat fingers uh, and trying to dial the phone uh, with the little pins and the gloves. It just looks so awkward. And then she asks him, why are you wearing the gloves? And he's like, poor circulation. Uh, but I thought that was awesome. I love that kind of the, the touch of him kind of trying to like, I can't pick up these small <laughs> pins of the battleship whilst he's yeah. trying to play the game. Uh, I thought that was really, uh, really cool. I'm very interested to see if uh, if Leia will be or Leia uh, will be a series regular, or is it, is this the the? I hope so. Is this Bucky's uh, uh, Sharon Carter? Is this Bucky's girl out girl in time, but he's the man out of time? If you know what I mean, right. the, the 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 romance option. Yeah, it's it, certainly a, a, a moment, I suppose. It is a first date. Yeah. But Lee is the server in his regular restaurant that he goes to. So uh, very important. If you ever ask, ask someone out for a date in the restaurant, <laughs> uh, be, be prepared to have another restaurant to go to in the future. Yes. If you uh, walk out in the middle of your date with her, um, like he's having a few beers where they're playing Battleship, uh, gets the memory of what happened with Yuri and walks out, just says, uh, you'll have to give me a moment. Uh, so I don't know whether it should be a regular. Um, I don't know whether he'll go back and apologize to her uh, later on and try to explain why he left, because um, the reason he left is because he wanted to go and talk to, once again, Mr. Nakajima and apologize for murdering his son. Not the greatest of starters of a, a relationship conversation. So um, we may not see Lee again unless she's serving food and he's just doing a quick apology. But you never know. You never know. It's an, it's an interesting uh, rationale. Like it really Absolutely. Is. One last touch in the scene that I have to just call out because it just made me laugh is um, the Japanese lucky waving cat that's on the uh, on the counter <laughs> in front of Lee. Just that moment when uh, when Bucky stops the arm from moving because it's just really <laughs> irritating him. I don't know why it just made me laugh. It just yeah. it made me smile. But then it starts <laughs> up again. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, not <laughs> even a superhero can stop the. Uh, <laughs> the the metronomic wave of the lucky Japanese cat. Absolutely. No one can Absolutely. stop science, physics. <laughs> exactly. Except people that fly and like see the electromagnetic spectrum and witchcraft and yeah, okay, they can probably stop yeah. the <laughs> That's just science we don't understand yet, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's close out with our bullet point number five about possibly some of the villains for the yes. season, let's say, or the villain for the season. Let's let's talk about the flag smashers uh, in plural uh, in the TV show. Um, we have this this new character that's been brought on board, uh, First Lieutenant uh, Joaquin Torres, uh, who is the person who's helping out Sam at the beginning of the of the show. Um, Sam kind of says to him, "If you don't mind keeping an eye on these uh, these flag smashers, um, who is a, an organization described by Torres as people who want to keep the bring the world together under." Uh, without the without borders, without flags, effectively. Um, hence why they're called Flag Smashers, a terrible name, but is from the comic books. Um, while being told by Sam just to monitor the traffic, um, Torres gets himself into his own uh, little uh, superhero moment, yeah. I suppose. Uh, again, yeah. another person without any kind of trading, uh, deciding that they're going to, uh, they think they've got the nod from an Avenger to uh, to go off on a mission, and they decide to go off on their own <laughs> without any any kind of backup at all, uh, and film the whole situation. I must say, I really like Torres. I like the character. Yeah. I like yeah, the to play too. with him and and Sam that we see early on in the episode back in Tunisia, uh, and I kind of like the idea of this young kid who thinks he can go off and, and do missions on his own. I think that's kind of a kind of fun character to see in the show. Yeah, and he's smart. So we, we see that he, yeah. he talks about the electronics with Sam and when Sam's yeah. fixing the, the, the Falcon suit. So we see we get exposition that he is intelligent. Uh, yeah. We get him seeing the kind of using his apps to search for this 
invis- invisible key, kind of this red handprint with the, in the yes. in the in the globe or the the earth. So it's a, a red handprint around with a kind of outline of a, a globe with some continents. Um, so that's the symbol, and he's looking for it using the camera on his phone. So we see yeah. that this is this is how the flag smashers operate the, the modus operandi is pulling together uh, large kind of flash mobs essentially uh, via the kind app um, i always think flash mobs as being a dance group yeah uh, so. okay well they, <laughs> i don't know why I don't they have did that dance group, they just ran multiple directions <laughs> yeah. um interestingly we see the woman hand out masks um um uh, while masked herself uh yeah. we then see a man jump at least three stories or land from yeah. three stories. So yeah. powered, we know that. Yes. Uh, uh, we do also know he's powered because he kicks a cop a fair, fair distance. Yeah. Good distance. Uh, yeah. Into a uh-huh. uh, pole uh, and then stomps on Torres's head. Um, after handing off the, his, uh, cash. Um, so we see that this, so the interesting thing is we just call it out now. Um, flag smasher. Is a character from the comic books. There is elements there and in interplay between Captain America and Sam, and uh, similar to WandaVision and other MCU things. We won't call it out now in case it is directly pulled. As yeah. things are introduced, if we know they're not, we can give kind of backstory origins, things like that, as we get further yeah. into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I will very much say that I do like this. This, whatever this is. This seems kind of, again grounded in the MCU, grounded in reality. That yeah, there's going to be people after five years of like chaos and five years of like we get told they liked the way things were. Yeah, during those five Absolutely. years, that there were no yeah. borders, they were in control. They they everyone was helping each other. A, a world without flags, a without boundaries, yeah. without countries. That's an interesting manifesto if we want to call it that yeah. uh, well it's really relevant now yeah. when we're, you know in the real world when we're going through something like covid and everybody is just hoping that every single country gets vaccinated as soon as possible so that we can all go back to traveling around the world yeah. together so we're kind of going forget about your flags forget about everything wouldn't it be great if everybody just was on board together to get this issue solved so certainly a really appealing and attractive concept yeah. for this organization uh, the fact that they're stealing money from uh, from a Swiss bank, yeah, not so appealing. Was it, was <laughs> but it are money? They? I know. I didn't know that whether it was a bank or an art gallery or it was something. So I, they saw like two big, but it's two big holdalls of. I guess it could just be notes, uh, so it could be a bank. And the call out from the crowd is, "He's got the money." So uh, okay. that, was, that was why I said it was just a, yep. there was a line, but it, but I think it was in Swiss. So uh, so I think I saw it on the subtitles that were that popped up on the screen. I will just very agree with you, Tars. Like him as a character, he's going to be there. Yeah. He'll be, I don't know what he'll be, but I... He gave himself the title in the episode, Chris. He said, I'm your man on the ground. That's to it. Falcons. Yes. So, yeah, okay. he's so the man on the ground. He, yeah. He'll be that. He'll be the kind of, We don't have S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. So, and we don't have, uh, we don't have, well, we probably will have S.W.O.R.D., but I, I, he won't, I don't think he's the type of S.W.O.R.D. We'd like CIA, government liaison. Like, remember, he is, I'm hoping he'll be what... Um, Rhodey was for Iron Man the government liaison potentially and I can see yeah. that as an interesting yeah. thing um, yeah. potentially and- I, I will have to once again call out uh, as I generally do when you get a line like this in a TV show uh, remember 
Torres paid for Sam's uh, coffee the first time they met and said, and Sam said to him, I'll get you next time we meet. That's, that's a, a little death knell uh, in the, in, sure. in Torres, for Torres usually, uh, or for a character usually. I'll see you next time. Don't worry. Well, I'll pay you back then. I have to Red say, shoot. I thought his, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Given and, and the my, level, or, or of course, the other option is that it's episode six when they meet back up in person next time, and that's when he buys in the the hooker. Well, tea. he, he yeah. could be Zemo with the the shield sort of face changer All technology. Right. All right. Who we're, knows? We're but, getting into one of his theories. Uh, no, I know. He's Mephisto. He's Mephisto. But I mean, I actually thought you saying that that he was pretty much a goner after the boot from the yes. powered individual to his head i kind of thought you know my my glass jaw would have shattered into a thousand bits uh, at that moment so uh, i guess he's got a few metal sort of pins and plates in his jaw for him to survive that one he does say that the the boot cracked his orbital part yeah. so like he says he's theoretically he should be concussed um, if you're doing that level of damage, but sure. Yeah. This is the MCU, sure. a couple of band-aids, and you're sorted. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to talk about the big reveal at the end of the episode. I know this is our last point, and, and Flag Smashers clearly going to be more information about Flag Smashers coming out uh, as the episodes go on. But the big reveal at the end of the episode that we uh, we have a new Captain America, and it's not Sam Wilson, um, a real surprise, uh, clearly from his sister's reaction <laughs> yeah. to it, uh, the idea that... Um, Sam has given the shield to go into the Smithsonian as part of a memorial to Captain America is clearly the, what he believed. Yeah. But nobody called up Sam and said, are you sure you don't want to take the shield back? If you don't, we're going to pass it on to somebody else. They effectively took the shield and gave it to somebody else that they've chosen. Um, little, uh, a little shocker, uh, for, for the end of the episode to, to stop on this, uh, this, cliffhanger uh yeah it was i wasn't expecting um that there would be this handover of the shield i mean when they were putting it into the display case i thought okay that's also weird (laughs) so i i I get it's good that it's come from behind the 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 display case in the smithsonian but i didn't think they were going to pass it on to uh, another person and i thought it was somehow the way it was going to make its way from there from the smithsonian was to come back into the hands of of sam wilson and i that obviously could still be the case but uh yeah we we get this reveal of a new um captain america Mm. and i thought that was really interesting i certainly was not expecting that um and again it's all to bring hope post um the aftermath of the the blip and so on Mm -hmm. uh so yeah interesting choice Um, and certainly doesn't have the same jawline as uh the former Steve Rogers, I guess. Yeah, I certainly feel like this is a choice to show that this person that is now in the mask and in the in the mantle of Captain America doesn't uh, strike the same kind of stoic poses yeah. that yeah. Steve Rogers did. It's certainly a choice in the casting and and the look of the character that uh, standing in front of the screen and giving everybody the wink and the and the thumbs up is not going to be the same kind of feeling as seeing Steve Rogers. It's important, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, going to call out here that in the closing. Um, Closing credits, I guess you call them. The initial, uh, yeah, the title credits, if you will. Yeah, the kind of closing closing credits. We do have an image showing the name uh, of this character as John Walker, the new Captain America. It is, it's shown as like an advert for him rather than a, a saying who's playing him in the, in the role. So uh, so it, it is announcing who the, who the character is of John Walker. He is a character from the comic books, as Chris said. 
depending on how the story plays out, we we will talk about who he is in the comics as the episodes yeah. go on. Don't want to spoil anything in case they do take the arc from the comics because they tend to. Yeah. With Captain America stories, they've always tended to actually follow pretty closely to what we've seen in the comic books. So they probably do the same here with uh, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But interested to see John Walker here taking over the mantle. I, I just want to call out one quick thing for, for the interesting thing about the uniform. Mm-hmm. He is uh, strapped. Literally, he has his gun on there you go. The, on his leg, similar to when it's a when Bucky Barnes took over the mantle in the comic books of mm-hmm. Captain America. He was the armed Captain America. He carried a gun, and very good. Uh, this is very interesting because this this is the uniform that uh, it's not a direct. Captain America is not one of the previous, like, it's not one of the old ones. It's a version of it that is very close to what, at one point, uh, Bucky wore before he kind of went to his own full Captain America outfit. Um, yeah. It's, you can, I, cause it was the first thing I noticed, cause I was like, oh god, he's got like a, he's got a, like a, whatever, a P11 or whatever type of handgun. Um, right. I, I, I pretend I know that was the only one that came to mind. Walter, PPK. No. Always got to point out to our US listeners that none of us know anything no, about handguns no, at all. No. So. You could <laughs> say yes. it's a desert eagle. I'm like, cool. Yep. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. No idea. It could be, could be some kind of rifle. I have no idea. Uh, but that's a really interesting catch. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that. But again, you know, this, there's only one person that has gone successfully through the super soldier, uh, program, which is Steve Rogers. So, uh, his one called Operation Rebirth, uh, where yeah. the super soldier serum was administered to Steve Rogers. So uh, interesting that this guy probably doesn't have superpowers. So uh, giving him a gun and the shield uh, is a very different version of, yes. uh, of Captain America. Excellent. Uh, any notes for the episode, gentlemen? I gave my big one. None from you, John? No, no notes from, from me. Just one that I have to call out as a Nick Fury fan. Uh, there's a conversation that goes on between Torres and uh, and uh, Sam Wilson, where Torres says that there is a rumor going around that Cap isn't dead. He's on the moon watching over all of us. Um, personally, I feel that this is a reference to uh, a comic book arc, uh, Original Sin, where we find out that Nick Fury uh, has disappeared off into space, uh, leaving behind an LMD in his place on Earth, a life model decoy on Earth, uh, while Nick Fury is uh, aging up on the moon, watching over us all as the last watcher on the wall in a moon base. Uh, so it is a very specific storyline and a great ending, really, to the 60 or 70 years Nick Fury was in comics. Um, so I love that they referenced that this could have been the the actual fate of Captain America that he sent off to the moon uh, to live out the rest of his days uh, watching over the world. I thought that was a, a lovely little touch, but also a comic book reference. Uh, and also... The last place we've seen Nick Fury in the MCU is that he's off in space, uh, possibly watching over the world from a scroll ship. So, <laughs> so there is a little connection in there as well. There you go. That was my little reference from the episode. Good, Good catch. Stuff. Good catch. I missed that one. So, Chris, do you defend Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode one? Yes, I 100% confirm this. Uh, confirm this, defend this, and everything in between. <laughs> um, I'm very interested to see where they go with it. I don't know what I was expecting, but I'm so happy what I got. Like, I got an MCU, like, battle scene in the opening. I got hard-hitting psychological drama in the thing in the middle. I got some realism in the regarding kind of mortgages and uh, <laughs> dating in ah. post-snap uh, in the middle. And then at the end, I got this amazing, uh, just essentially, uh, like, reveal. Um Interested to see where they go with five, with five episodes. Like, mm-hmm. I the I think it was the pace. The pace was I was just a bit like, oh okay, 
I wasn't expecting to end where it ended. I was kind of right. like, oh, I expecting like almost another twenty minutes. I don't, I know that wouldn't have made no sense from a timing perspective. Just You're in, always wanting more. Exactly, that's, a good that's thing. the thing. That's they left thing. me wanting. I'm like, I cannot wait till next Friday. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I fully defend this, and I'm very interested to see where they go. Excellent. Forty seven minutes once again to confirm. Yes, yes one division uh, where twenty. 2, 23, 28 minutes, uh, this up to, up to 47 minutes. So a full, a full on hour long show equivalent, I suppose. So, uh, we'll probably see the episodes be around that, uh, that kind of length, uh, for the other six episodes. Actually, Chris, John, do you defend Falcon and the Witch Soldier episode one? Uh, I really do defend um, episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I give it um, four smashing flag smashes out of five <laughs> grommet. Um, I love the feel of it. I, I like that it, it's kind of dealing um, with the world after the the blip and people coming back. I like that it's set in the world after the blip de- and it, the world dealing with the the consequences of that, of the loss of that, of the return of billions from that and how the world has changed, that there's these organizations. And I like that it puts um Sam Wilson uh, and Bucky Barnes in in that whole kind of storyline. Um and I you because you get it from their perspective and i i really the action sequences are awesome uh but i i loved bucky barnes one i think um it was really cool i loved the whole therapy side and i loved um his interaction with uh yori um i thought that was mm-hmm. really quite intimate and and really um it's kind of hard hitting, really. Um, so I, I, this felt really personal. And then I loved how it just expanded uh, out to some of these amazing action sequences and the, the wider world, um, dealing with the blip, like with Sam's sister, Sarah, and, and the, the troubles she's going through to mm-hmm. save the family business. And, and just that backstory as well. I think for these two characters, both with, um, Sam and his sister and also Bucky, uh, and, and in terms of him dealing with what, uh, Steve Rogers did, but just getting to see more of it because they've got, effectively six hours to to tell that tale yeah and yeah just to i wasn't expecting that end with john walker and um, with this new captain america being sort of uh revealed to the world by the u.s government so that was kind of a, a big shocker to me i i didn't think that was going to happen there right at the end um yeah. and i'm definitely um up for first lieutenant yakin torres i hope he sticks around uh, yeah. as well as leia as well for for bucky barnes i think they both need that kind of sidekick however it might be i mean that in a just a general sense um mm. so uh i i really like that and um, so yeah i do defend this episode of falcon and the winter soldier excellent I Derek. Don't think I- I don't think I've ever heard a love interest called a sidekick before. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from Bucky and Bucky no. and Steve, of course. Well, yeah, I I just didn't want to I I well <laughs> she's her you know, sidekick in a love way. Um and Tara's isn't, I guess. Cause even then if it doesn't work out between Bucky and Leia, maybe she still hangs around um, and they're good friends. Because he needs a friend. His therapist told him he needs a friend. Um, so she'll be a nice friend for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe loving friend. Um, who knows? But Derek, do you defend this episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? 
Of course I defend this. Yeah, absolutely. As I said up front, this is blurring the lines between the MCU and uh, and TV. Like this is this is like something I would expect to see in the cinema as it opens and they get the ability to delve into stories that comic books do. Remember, comic books are monthly things that come out for decades on end, sometimes telling the the, the ongoing story of the characters. So uh, where we've had Steve Rogers being the man out of time in the past, that's kind of dealt with in a couple of minutes of a movie and a couple of kind of references of, you know, I get that reference being one of his uh, signature lines that we've seen, you know, the kind of joke of this guy out of time. Bucky's a person that's gone through that. And now we're going to see how that ha- impacts his personality and impacts how he has his relationship with the world effectively. Um, Sam Wilson being someone that's uh, been a former military officer and come back from that into the real world. Now someone that's gone away from the blip and come back into the real world. He's, he's embodying another aspect of Steve Rogers that's going to be, um, going to be investigated over the course of this six, six episode series. And to be honest, Anthony Mackie is eminently watchable in everything I've seen him in. He's always great on the screen, so I could totally watch a six-episode show with him. And Sebastian Stan, always great in everything to do with the MCU. I've loved watching him over the course of, of this role as the Winter Soldier, and I'm really looking forward to seeing both of them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing both of them together as well, because uh, the interplay between those two characters when we've seen them on screen together has been great, and getting more of that throughout the series will be good fun. Hopefully, We'll see them team up a little bit in episode two or three. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want them kept apart for too long uh, on the show, but uh, this was a great opener to set everything up, set the world up, uh, establish where we are, give us some great action scenes, show some, uh, some international threats that they could be fighting against as the episodes go on. And a big shocking ending with a new Captain America being revealed without Sam even being consulted or being told that this was coming up. I thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting way to end the episode on a nice cliffhanger. Yes, I cannot wait for the bromance and the bro force uh, that will come from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, but with our defense out of the way, we move on to a new um, libation in a new hostelry as we move to Falcon and the Winter Soldier pub quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, a big congratulations to our WandaVision winners, Matthew Randall and uh, Richard and Alfie Blaze. Yeah. Um, their Funko Pops are in the post. And um, this time we're giving away three Funko Pops to one winner of the pub quiz. There will be six questions and we have a Falcon, Winter Soldier and Baron Zemo Funko Pops for the pub quiz. Yes, it is three for the price of one. I already have those here as well because all the way throughout WandaVision they kept moving back the release date of the Funko Pops that we were giving away and I was getting really concerned towards the end that I wasn't going to get them in in time. But uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier ones have been received there in a box uh, awaiting sending uh once the series ends so uh yeah yeah that's good <laughs> but to explain how it works to any people joining us for the first time each podcast on falcon and the wind soldier we will deliver a question relating to that episode normally it's about something happening in the episode more than sort of pop culture reference to <laughs> uh comics so it's more about being sort of zoned in on the episode uh for for that week uh Send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com each week, or you can put them all together at the end. And then when we do our roundup episode right after our sixth and final discussion of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we will announce uh, the winner. 
And so, first up, question one for episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Including Batroc, how many flying squirrel parachutes jump out of the plane with their hostage, Captain Vassant? Just to repeat that, including Batroc, how many flying squirrel parachutists jump out of the plane uh, with their hostage, Captain Vassant? Yes. Uh, it doesn't include the hostage, yeah. I hasten to add. Yeah. Um, so it is just Including those men in the jumpsuits, uh, the flying squirrel jumpsuits, wingsuits. Wing there you go. Yes. There you go. And including Batroc. So that's the, that's the count for you. Um, these are, these are usually questions where you may have to pause the screen. Have you guys uh, tried to do that with Disney Plus? It's so, di- I find it so difficult with streaming services, with Netflix, with Amazon Prime, with, uh, with Disney Plus, pausing or rewinding like 10 seconds. Suddenly I'm back 15 minutes trying to move back no. and forth and back and forth. I find it so difficult, even on, even on a, com- on a PC, like. Derek is 106 years old. I probably, I probably <laughs> Give me back physical media. <laughs> I want the newspaper. It's so much easier to rewind. Now, to confuse him even further, let's move into Patreon.com. Yes, we are over on Patreon.com slash TV Podcast Energies, where you can support us for just a single dollar, for a euro, for whatever you got in your pocket. If you got lint, we'll take it. Why? Because we need to keep the lights on, the podcast servers going, and our producer in caffeine. It will mean so much to us. We want to say a big shout out to our latest Patreons, Mike Scannell and Siren School. So thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to us. We do this on the weekends. We do this for the fun of it. We love to inform, entertain, and uh, yeah, just watch these shows and have these discussions with you. But Mm -hmm. there is a cost. So anything you can give is always much appreciated. If you cannot support over on Patreon.com, please feel free to support in the myriad of other ways, such as going over to any of the podcast uh, feeds and leaving a review. Any Mm five-star reviews are always welcome. We always appreciate them. Or can't do that? No problem. Why not share it with your... Share the podcast. Share it with your granny. Share it with your uncle. Share it with your sister. Share it with that screaming kid down the road. Do you know why? Because they will shut them up. Yes, you can even share it with uh, your girlfriend the sushi waitress there you go so as always look we really do appreciate it we do not plug it a lot but well we plug it every episode but we do not talk about (laughs) it we we just wanted to say a huge thank you you guys mean a lot to us and we hope we mean a lot to you absolutely and thanks very much to everybody else that supports us over on Patreon it is much appreciated and thanks to Mike and to Siren School for joining us over the last month uh, if you want to send in any thoughts about Falcon the Winter Soldier episode 1 or any of the future episodes for the show just email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com you can pop over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and leave us a voicemail there or as John mentioned earlier on but you may have forgotten go over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries and you can pop onto our spoiler post for each individual episode to leave your thoughts thanks so much for joining us for the first episode of falcon and winter soldier we'll be back with episode two which comes out on disney plus from friday 26th of march we're recording our episode on saturday the 27th so uh, get your thoughts in as soon as you can after watching the episode thanks for joining us
Tabatha now. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for joining us for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier discussion. It's been great having you back on board again after such a short time this time. <laughs> uh, remember, as always, keep watching, keep listening, and keep soaring in those clouds. Bye. Aww. Bye. But I'm gonna tell you what the blues is. Boy, you ain't got no money. You got the blues.